0: Welcome back to another episode of 100% Real with Alex and Amanda.
1: Cue the music.
2: Uh, Uh,
1: So, we actually have a very special guest. One of the most awesome people that I have met recently. Um, What do strippers... Um... (laughs) um, (laughs) Investing and Salsa have in common, this guy.
2: El judío Maravilloso.
1: A.K.A. the brother of Captain Permit. Welcome. Welcome, man.
2: Good to be here, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dude, the voice sounds even suave -er than it did on uh, my podcast. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I
1: mean, I've been practicing. Smooth. We we did about three of these and I was like wow I actually do sound <laughs> pretty sexy on a mic so I was like
2: I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that as being yeah. the first guy to call it out
1: yeah and then I think that's what inspired me I felt good about it I was like let's let's do a podcast let's get it started
0: the universe forbid we ever go broke uh, we have another career option for you there you here. go
1: entrepreneur <laughs> entrepreneur venture number three so also I just want to do a shameless plug real quick I hope you don't mind so we are by this time this planner is out, right? So what we're gonna do is, the first 10 people that order um, and put 100% real, will get 25% off of this planner or whatever thing in our store, right?
0: So if you're listening to this right now and it's within the first 3 days of listening to this podcast episode, just enter coupon code 100 real at designforrealtors.com. If you're watching the video, we'll put the link in the description.
1: Awesome, awesome. All right, man. So, I want I wanted to bring you on because I got a chance to have lunch with you, right? And you actually gave me a lot of good advice on the investment front because I'm trying to get into the investment front, and um I feel like you have a lot to offer people just in regards to what's in here. Um, so, I mean, tell us a little bit about your story in general. I know you were at Chippendales joint at one point, um, but before that, what kind of got you into real estate? What was, like, when was that first like, click in your mind? It's like, hey, I want to go into investing. We're
2: talking real estate or we're talking pre-real job jobs because the, uh, the Chippendales joint was the pre-real job job.
0: I should make the, the artwork for this episode, like a photoshopped photo of you in the Chippendales photo that you yes, shared. Yes, please.
1: Can yeah. we do that?
2: I'm actually... Did
1: you guys
0: see
2: the calendar? Unfortunately, I wasn't in the calendar. No, oh, no I didn't. You didn't see the picture of the calendar?
0: Wait, yeah, with all
2: the dudes in yeah, black and that white. Was, that was real. People I was like, actually looking really...
0: for your face.
2: Yeah, no. I, uh,
1: Can we photoshop you into that calendar?
2: <laughs> that would actually be amazing if you did. Dude, I, I all my pre-job jobs... We're amazing. I guess then we'll jump into the uh, the real estate stuff. So I was oh you guys never saw this movie, but anybody out there who's like older than 35. Uh, the movie Clerks. Absolutely. So I worked at a 7-Eleven for four years. You see, They don't know
0: Clerks. We never saw it.
2: <laughs> Thank you. So you know Clerks with like the weird people with the eggs and all that? I lived that for like four years. Then I worked <laughs> at the Chippendales joint, mm-hmm. which you would think would be a very glamorous job, but all it did was get me in trouble with girls who decided to come in there and be like, oh yeah, I'm single. Meet me at the club after. And then they have boyfriends that are at the club. Oh. So for as glamorous as you think it would be, it was actually pretty much a regular disaster every single wow. week. But life is a bad experience. My mother... My little Jewish Sicilian mother wasn't really happy about that. But the interesting thing was that some of the relationships that I met there introduced me to relationships that have basically launched my career and have introduced me to some of my best friends.
0: You hear that, everyone? There is opportunity everywhere you look.
1: Even in the strip club.
2: Even in the the male strip club. Um, And then I worked at Kenneth Cole and Roosevelt Field, which I feel like sales and human interaction yeah. is the most important thing like let's just call it what it is people work with people who they like so communication is the most important skill 100 percent. so when i was 23 i opened up a mako body shop franchise you know like oh better get mako on tv mm-hmm. my father had had one in the boroughs and i really didn't want to grow up but i didn't fear regret being the biggest motivator of life is i decided to do it and he just threw me into it. Like he didn't call me, he didn't train me. He gave me a small loan, which I had to pay back to him. And it was like, you're going to Hempstead, which I don't know if you guys know Hempstead really well. Yeah. It's not exactly the garden spot <laughs> of America. I had bullet holes in the windows. I had guys fresh out of jail, ripping their shirts off, saying, I'll shoot you and everybody that works for oh you. Oh my gosh. I, I grew up, I became a man in, uh, in Hempstead, which Is was good. Is this when
0: you grew the beard?
2: I've only been able to grow the beard for like the last two years.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before it looked like
2: dirt, it would like come in kind of patchy. So I'm really kind of celebrating at 39, finally being able to grow a beard. We're
0: gonna zoom the camera in on his beard.
2: I feel like this guy came out of the womb
0: with, with a beard. With a beard.
2: Literally, in three days, I have a beard. <laughs> Boom. Like I actually see the hair growing on yeah. your face he right now. He just shaved it. He just shaved it. I it. see his mustache yeah. literally growing right now.
1: Yeah, six o'clock shadow forever. There's there's no.
2: So when I was, I was in the body shop business, which is very cool because it was a franchise. Now I don't, I have a love hate relationship with franchises. Mm-hmm. They allow people to be more successful, but like I have a problem with authority. I can't work yeah. for anybody else. I can't be like under the control in any aspect of anybody else. But standard operating procedure and franchise model was something that I got to experience real time and see how a business was set up as a franchise. So that was very cool because I internalized that and use that in my businesses today. Mm-hmm. But when I was 27, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad.
1: 100%. I feel like that's a, common, that's a commonality between a lot of people. I mean, every entrepreneur I meet, at one point, they're like, I've, I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Or, you know what I'm saying? They're like, this is what's driving me on my journey. I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's the book to read, so read that book.
2: I mean, they should give that, they should give that to you in elementary school and high they school or whatever. As opposed to like learning all the... Stupid shit that we learn that doesn't yeah. help us in like the periodic table. When was the last time you used the periodic Let's table? Let's just buy a thousand of
0: those books and hand them out at local high schools.
1: I mean, that's a good idea it's a
2: game changer.
1: Yeah, I think they should have just a class on that book Yeah.
2: So I read that and I'm like, I'm gonna be a professional investor. That's it. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, great now What am I gonna do? What is it gonna be? It's gonna be stocks. So I studied Alexander Graham and like a bunch of the big um, Wall Street guys and I realized this isn't for me. Like, you need a certain kind of mentality, a certain kind of like personality. You can make a lot of money doing that stuff. It's just not my thing. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, it's going to be real estate. So I went to NYU for, NYU offers all these different classes. They offer five days, masters, undergraduate. They did a one day intensive on REO. So this is after the market crashed. Cause I'm like, oh, everybody, like, everybody thinks when they get into investing, <laughs> you got to buy bank owned properties because banks just give all the houses away. Obviously that's not by any means the case, but I went there and the teacher was like, you should join the local RIAs. So like RIA, Real Estate Investment Association. Mm -hmm. So I went to one that's in Levittown and I met my Mm -hmm. first mentor, his name is Carl Chavone. Actually there's a gentleman who's since passed, his name is Les Jansen, he was a mentor of mine, but he had it and then like the next week he handed over to this gentleman named Carl, who's still very active. You guys heard of him, you seen him? Carl he's carl Chavon is his name he teaches classes at at um at libor
1: i think i have i think he teaches he teaches the 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 flip the flip the flip flip class like the one on flipping like He he
2: teaches one on flipping he teaches one on rentals but he's like he's actually i think like he's an engineer of some kind okay but this is kind of like his way of giving back this guy has been investing ever since he was like 20 years old Oh, wow. So I trained with him for like three or four years before I ever did my first deal. And I did my first deal and I was hooked. So I did (laughs) two that year when I had the body shop and I immediately put the body shop up for sale because I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, My father was my partner and I wanted to do something bigger. Like I wanted to rebrand a better version of Mako and he just wasn't about it. Just... Mm. Great guy, just very, we saw the world very differently. His reality was not my reality. I grew up yeah. differently than him, thanks to him. So I was like, you know what, this is, I'm just buying a job here. I gotta get, I gotta sell it. Yeah. So I sold it, made the leap, and I did 10, I've been in the business for five years, so I did 10 flips the first year, 11 the second year, sorta of got married and almost got divorced. Oh man. The third year, The third year, I actually did get divorced, did 40 houses. The. Fourth year, I did sixty-seven. Last year, I did eighty-nine.
1: Nice, that's that's clutch. I mean, to be honest with you, that's that's you've you've taken an approach that a lot of people like preach against, right? Like the take your time, learn everything. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people just want to dive right into it. I'm guilty of that myself. But like you, we talked about this. Huh? yeah, we we talked about it. Like you actually took the time to to learn every single aspect of it before you started doing it, and then you you started hitting the ground running with ten, and then moving up. Right. So, I mean, that's actually really like, so what were you doing? So when you kind of canceled your uh, body shop situation, how were you making money in between that? Was there like any real struggle in between that?
2: Well, so this is the way I planned it. So I had the body shop and I did two the year that I had the body shop. So they were under contract when I'm like, I'm going to sell this. And I luckily sold it very fast, but basically the profits from those two essentially gave me an entire year. Okay of like if i didn't make any money for this entire year i'd be straight plus i'm not a flashy guy like the problem with a lot of people is mm. they buy a ton of shit that they don't need live and they, beyond
0: their means yeah and they
2: put themselves in a situation where now they have to make money or they're risk averse because they're like shit, i have kids or i have this crazy car or, this crazy house or whatever for me like i'm more afraid of being average than i am of being broke and i don't Ooh. do any of this stuff for the money quote that real quick Like, I do it for the game. I do it because I'm like, yo, I want to do something in the hardest place it is to do anything that few people can't can do. New York City, high level investment fund. That's the end game.
0: Yeah. I mean, you live in New York and you're 80 properties. Like, that's not easy. That's not easy
2: at all. And I'm not preaching because it's like, it's us. But like, New York is another planet. Mm -hmm. Like, if you go to Texas, you go to Florida, like, I know guys that buy six, seven, eight hundred houses a year. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It really is. And that's why I was trying to tell Amanda, because when we were talking about, like, getting listings, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about how dense we are, yeah. right? Like, you may close, like, four or five deals, but that's not something to laugh at. Like, yeah, you could do that. If you went to South Carolina, you be, might be able to do, like, 20 deals if you had that same hustle that you did, just do five deals in New York. Yeah. Right? So it's just, like, but you also get paid for a lot more in New York, you can say.
0: Five, five deals here in New York is worth a lot more money than in South so, Carolina.
1: So tell us a little bit about your first property. Cause I know like, I remember my first property that I listed and sold and all the drama that came with that. What was, did you have like a, a epic first house story?
2: So I'll tell you my first house story. It's now remember I had, so it's interesting. I had a lot of preparation. So you can only prepare to a certain point and then you have to just, you know, grab your balls and jump, right? Yeah. Or whatever and whatever and, <laughs> and jump, just jump. Yeah. Grab something and jump. But you want preparation. So I had had a lot of formal education at that point. And I remember I was like, it took me a year to find the first... After all that training, it took me a year to finally actually get the first property. So I found this property and like I didn't have any money. And I met this investor who was a chiropractor who had done a bunch of stuff. with my uh, a family friend who's a stockbroker was so like, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. And I said to him, I'm like, I want to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to flip. And he's like, kid, you can't do it. Like... You're out of your mind. The market just crashed, like the world's coming to an end. Like you're nuts, you're gonna get killed. So I didn't listen and I kept going and going. I found this property and I brought it to him. I was like, listen, I'm gonna buy it for X, I'm gonna renovate it for Y and I'm gonna sell it for Z. And he's like, kid, you can't, it's never gonna work. You're never gonna be able to renovate it for that. You're not gonna sell it for that. So literally I bought it for X, I renovated for exactly Y and I literally sold it for Z. And at that moment, I remember exactly where I was. My ex, who I sort of married, didn't get married to, <laughs> was an agent. And she was there. And I remember the moment I was having brunch with like, a potential investor. And she called me. And she's like, we just got 415. And it was like, at that moment, it was total proof of concept. Like, yeah. if you ever had any doubt, it, it, was, it was gone at that moment. It clicked for you And then, then. from
1: there, how fast did you get that ten?
2: So that, was, so that was the first year when I did the one and two. And then after that, it just, it just started flowing. Like, in the earlier days, I was just hunting, stalking MLS. Like, the real... There's nothing really uniquely special about me. The difference really is, is Like I will be the hardest working person in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, I will sit there all night, Saturday night, while the average person is out there getting drunk and popping bottles and be searching MLS like yeah. a fiend. It's just, I'm 24-7 driven, like is not an option, gonna happen. I already realized that just waiting for the rest of you to realize it.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think that there there's, that's difficult for a lot of people. Like sometimes they look at the success of others and they're like, oh, how do you do it? Like I get that question all the time. How do you do all these different things? Like The social media, how do we fit a podcast in? How do we manage a brokerage? How do we do all these things? But you said it right there, like you're up all night like you have that extra you do the extra the extra hours and I think a lot of people don't realize like all the binge watching on Netflix and all that stuff like if you (laughs) if you swap it
2: out if you had somebody just sit there if you said if somebody's really serious because most of the people that are telling you this are probably full of shit like they're like they say they want to do it Mm -hmm. but they don't really want to do it but if they really want to just hey, listen, we're going to sit there. Let's do an experiment. I want you to basically write down what you do from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. <laughs> like I've done this exercise with finances with people. Where they're like, I don't know where all my money went. I'm like, well, here's an app. Every time you go to Starbucks and get an $8 coffee, I want you to put it in here. And then they realize like I just spent $300 this week on bullshit. Yeah. I just wasted, you know, four days on Instagram or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So like the answer to your question is like just do it. Yeah it's that simple just take massive action every day
1: yeah and do you feel like um that you're just having fun like this is just your life right like you don't see it as a, like oh this is work
2: right? no i wake up every day like bro this is sick i get the greatest job the greatest opportunity my life is fucking awesome like money's great in the sense that you know you're not going to starve but once you know you're not going to starve like there has to be something else
0: yeah
1: and uh, like I, i've noticed that like the most successful entrepreneurs just have that mindset that this is fun, this is what I like doing. Mm. Right, like for example, Friday night, most people are out, hanging out, going out. We're like hanging out with our cat and just working on Design for Realtors. I was, I was building out- That's a good out. looking cat, by the way. Huh? That's a good
2: looking cat. That's the only cat I've cat. ever seen walk on a leash. <laughs> Usually, if you put a leash on a cat, they're like-
0: We've taken <laughs> him hiking.
1: No, he has
2: his moments though, where are just like, no,
0: no, yeah. you know.
1: like right? you? could drag him
0: across the grass and like, come on. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> Yeah. but that's expected but yeah. I, I watched the video of the cat walking i was like I, i've never seen a cat walk on a leash yeah. so kudos <laughs> for you for whatever you did to pull that off <laughs> I don't
0: know. a lot of treats
1: yeah a lot of treats a lot of like
0: training bribery
1: yeah a lot of bribery we did the extra
0: <laughs> yeah we did the extra
1: like we waited for him to feel comfortable on it before we take him out did you guys
2: pick the cat together um, no, no. Actually, he's a rescue um,
1: recipe's jeffy um one of my friends passed away um about a year or two, ago. yeah. Uh, no, a year. A year. A year ago, actually, to this day. Today? Um, yeah, and wow. when we went to his funeral, there was this cat that kept coming back to his house, and they were going to bring him to a shelter, so I just took him home.
2: Wow. So
1: that was that's... The, the that's friend, a little crazy.
2: The
0: yeah. friend used to so, feed that cat. And like, and like the thing is, this
1: cat hates dogs. Yeah. And there's two dogs in the house. He just kept trying to get back into the house. Kept trying to get back into the house. Wow. With the two dogs there. Animals. And now are... we bring him near dogs. He's like. <laughs> like tries to kill every dog that he
2: sees. Animals know shit, man. Yeah. Like I feel like animals are really people. Yeah. yeah. Like it's he, crazy. He
0: sees when we're like going through it.
1: <laughs> yeah. He know he
2: knows
1: when we're going through it. But yeah. he's also a jerk too, so.
2: Yeah. The he's cat? A,
0: he's, he's a little bit of an asshole sometimes. Yeah.
2: Well, inevitably, if you're very, very good looking, like, regardless of what you are, if you're very good looking, you... You
0: can get away with stuff. Well,
2: you tend to have a little bit, like, a, <laughs> of an attitude because you get away with shit that you know normal people wouldn't get away with. That's true for guys, girls, cats, dogs, whatever. It's anyway, true. Anything.
1: Yeah. Do you have any uh, animals yourself, or...?
2: Um, so my girlfriend, I, I basically, I'm basically the stepfather of a, <laughs> of a dachshund. Oh. Yes, of a... Um, Show you a picture. I love this dog, man. You know what? I didn't really. I met her. She's like, I have the greatest dog in the world. And I'm like, it's like 11 pounds. It's not gonna be <laughs> cool. Like, I like big dogs, yeah, yeah. right? Not like in a macho way. I just like big dogs. Little dogs are normally yeah. like yappy. They're not that they much fun usually, right? <laughs> this dog is a person. Uh, Aww. Like this dog rolls up at the bed, flips over, lays on its back. Like you could talk to it. and Knows exactly what you're saying. Like the dog is a person. That's awesome. I know. I love that dog. Mm. Yeah, I
1: feel like um, dogs like. For, especially for a stressful job like what Yeah. have, um, cats, dogs, like you know what I'm saying. You need that love at the end yeah. of the day. You need some and, something to And
0: they're also a little more forgiving of the
2: schedule. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, not our cats. Cats
2: are <laughs>
1: no, our cats are cherry. Cats
2: can basically take care of themselves. Our we cat yells at us. He yells at us.
1: He, we come home later ah, Like you yeah, feed
0: me I Okay, feed wait, me. wait. We've gone on a tangent about animals oh, now.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring <laughs> it back. Bring it <laughs> back. Bring Bring back. back.
1: Uh,
0: so back to staying up late on Friday <laughs> nights.
2: Yeah,
1: back to, to So I mean, you know, we're we're working hard on a Friday, on a Friday night, right? A lot of people, they're going out, they're hanging out. You know what I'm saying? We hang out when we can. It's not a sacrifice it's not really a sacrifice for us, I don't feel like. I feel like it's just something we wanna do. Like we yeah, wanna, it's... you know, drink our little beer and hang out and crunch. I, I
0: mean it I I personally think it is a little bit of a sacrifice. Like I, I love what what we do, but I do notice that there's times where people kind of they're like, oh, how come you don't come hang out or, like, spend more time and things like that. Like, at least at least before you, I know even in, like, romantic relationships, I always had problems where people were like, oh, you're always working. Yeah. It's like... But,
1: I mean, you know, it's just one monster meeting another monster, right? Like, we just work, right? Like, it's something we like to
2: do. It's just a matter of, like, yeah, how you're wired. Like, my business of what I do, like, I can't breathe without it. Like, it's it's who I am, mm-hmm. right? And I also think, like, in terms of relationships and business... The older I get, the more I realize it's very very important to like align yourself with somebody who understands you and what you do and why you do it. Yeah. Because it's very I think it's very very hard to be successful, like ultra ultra high level successful if you don't have a partner that truly understands I
1: understand.
2: you. I mean, you guys are very lucky because you live it together, mm-hmm. which is very cool. But at least if you didn't for people out there like it's very important to have the right partner who like doesn't give you guilt who understands like why you're driven to do what you do and respects that and then you understand like why they do what they do and you support and respect that also so that's huge yeah that's awesome.
0: I, I heard someone once describe it as like if you're a, a business person or entrepreneur of any kind it, and you're gonna go into a romantic relationship they that person either has to be your linebacker or your cheerleader they cannot be anything else <laughs>
1: yeah I, yeah. Heard, I mean um, I feel like there's a a, a waiver that people need to sign when they get to
2: a yeah. <laughs> See, it's also like relationships are very interesting because – so I'm getting – you guys know I'm getting my master's at NYU, right? So the cool thing about that is, is that I'm surrounded by like the ultra-high level, most successful people yeah. essentially like in the world because it's yeah. New York, it's right? It's not
0: easy to get into that program.
2: So when you're around these people – and then my other mentors like Carl or like the, the late, great Les Jansen who was one of my mentors who had since passed away – when these guys are older, and, they, and I'll talk to them about like their life and about balance and about love and et cetera, they all have the same kind of thing. Like when they're in the 70s and 60s, like, listen, Charles, like, you know, being wealthy is great. Buying buildings, houses, it's great. But you don't want to wake up and be 50 one day and realize you didn't spend enough time with your parents or you didn't have any kids or you wish you would have had more kids so it's, it's interesting like back to your point before I'm going to bring it full circle about sacrifice like there is sacrifice in, in all this stuff like mm-hmm. a lot of my professors I try to have this conversation with them I don't really think they truly understand it but if I look at them they're brilliant but who's been married two three four times whose kids absolutely hate them and don't talk to them so it's like what is your what's your life about there's no right or wrong answer right is yeah. your life about making a billion dollars is it about raising a family like what is it about yeah. But there is sacrifice because there's only 24 hours in a day, and in order to be great at something, you need x amount of hours. Yeah. So the more you do it, the faster you're going to be great at it. Mm-hmm. But that comes with not going to the bar on Friday night because yeah. you're getting in the extra two hours. So you're you're two hours closer that week than your competition. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a sacrifice, man.
1: So uh, another quick question that I would love for you to answer. I've also seen a commonality between in, in a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of investors, that when they were young, they tended to have these ventures. Like they used to have ideas and go into ventures. Like for example, I used to sell origamis when I was like eight years old. No, no, when I was seven years old, right? I I would have um, Jeffrey um, and like a friend. who would work together. Would, I didn't, I only knew how to make a hat he would make like all the nice organelles. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, I'll give you 50, give you 50 cents for every one dollar that we- Smart. Right, and I would go out there and I would just sell them. Right, it's parents, and parents would love that. Right, and I would, I, we were the richest you know, third graders there were. Mm-hmm. Right, because we had like eight dollars or something like that, whatever it may be. <laughs> but I, I started to notice like every entrepreneur that I come in contact, they, they always have, like a little side hustle, whether it be baseball cards or whether it's something else. Did you have any of those growing up?
2: At what, we're talking about like middle school, high school?
1: Uh, yeah or just in general like growing up like maybe when you were 15, 16 whatever maybe. So
2: pre-college no, I actually didn't so' I've, I've always been a late bloomer right and I I have an addictive personality like 100 percent addictive personality. That's why like I don't drink, I've never done drugs, I don't drink, never been drunk, no nothing coffee. no no coffee, it's only water. So I would get hooked on things but they weren't entrepreneurial when I was young ah. So like I played travel ice hockey the time I was seven. I, I, uh, I surfed. I was a competitive surfer. Oh, nice. So I have this thing about like mastery. Like I get to the point with something. I need action all the time. So I get to, to the point where I feel like I've mastered something. And then I move on. Like the fix and flip thing. For me it was always a means to an end. But at this point it's like. Alright it's cool. It's a machine. But what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm bored with it to a certain extent. I, I also. Interesting to me is like I. So I have a sister who's brilliant. One of my sisters is brilliant. She got like perfect score in the SATs, et cetera. Very like high stress her whole childhood. Me, I was like, ah, I don't care about anything except surfing and I want to never grow up, right? My parents call me Peter Pan. <laughs> but for me, it was interesting because I guess I had all those experiences, had such a great time that on one day when I was like 21, I was like, or 19, I was like, oh, it's you know time to grow up. I have to start getting serious. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people that were like under a lot of pressure their entire childhood to be successful kind of burn out at an early stage a lot of times. You ever seen that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I have.
2: Because it's just been so much, so much pressure that they feel that they haven't been able to live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, like my sister's like, my sister is brilliant. She's like running around, loving life, like she's in Fire Island for two weeks. But me, (laughs) like, I'm like, all I want to do is work. So it's kind of like a, like a flip for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing because I, I feel like I never had I never had that pressure growing up. Like my mom was never about like you have to get pr- like you pass great. like you know what I'm saying like that was. I like, had that mom, pressure. She, really, well, she was working really hard. It was just me and my mom, so yeah. she worked really hard.
0: Anything Anything under a ninety for me growing up was an ass whooping. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. yeah.
1: We We kind of had like two parallels. Like, for me, was, like my mom, I I just was like out like. I was basically like a street child. Like I have brothers that aren't my brothers. Like to me, they're like my brothers, but in reality, it's just- He grew up outside. Outside, right? And we just grew pretty close that way.
0: I was <laughs> confined to a four block radius, could not leave if I take longer than 10 minutes at the bodega, like the cops are getting called because I ran away from home or something. But Very that's different. nice though,
2: that's not bad. It's just, the interesting thing is, so I went through a bunch of stuff and then maybe like three, four months ago, I started going to therapy. That I went to like therapy for like three, four months for some personal like relationship stuff. How do you
1: like the like therapy
2: So how do I like therapy? Yeah. So I never, it's not that I didn't believe in therapy. I just didn't think. So I went through like a horrific breakup, like bad, like everything's amazing. Seven years, we get married in this like crazy New York City wedding. Like she wanted it, boom, boom, boom. And literally, we came back from the honeymoon the next week and she was out until like 8 o'clock in the morning and I couldn't find her. I'm like, where are you? And then she's like, comes home crying and she's like, I don't think I want to be married. and I think we should break up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We just got married. We got married like a week ago. Wow. Like I just spent an obscene six figure plus sum of money on a wedding because you wanted this crazy Manhattan thing. We've been together for eight years. We're inseparable. We were basically like, you guys. Oh, wow. Right. So
0: maybe, do maybe we shouldn't not get to married. jinx this, not to <laughs> jinx it. Don't propose.
2: But um, I was like, what the hell? And then we like stayed together. But like something was always off. And then like three or four minutes later, I like went on her computer to like print something and I saw a picture of her with this guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. So I was
2: like, oh, and then it like comes together. And then it was just like, basically, what happened? She... I came back. To the, the apartment was in, we had an apartment in Long Beach. So it was in her name because I'm doing a lot of refinances. So I like to keep stuff yeah. out of my name. So I, she calls me and she's like, I got to talk to you. I come to the apartment. She's like, Listen, you know, we have to break up and I didn't renew the lease. She's like, We have to be out of the apartment in two days. Wow. So just like that, then like, oh my God, there's a guy. Like, is this really happening to me? And then like, oh, hey, by the way, like, you know, you have to get out of the apartment. Done. Wow. And the craziest part was it's like, you know, like you have friends, or you, I'm sure yourselves are guilty of this. Like, you date somebody, you break up with them, and then your friends are like, you know, you were kind of an asshole. I just didn't want to tell you. Like, you ever experienced no, that? My friends
0: yeah. will tell me, like, during the whole time. Like, this guy
2: sucks. I don't know why you're doing this. Yeah.
0: You need to break up with him.
2: So, this was not one of those cases. This uh-huh. was one of those cases where, like, everyone was like, I'm like, yo, did I miss something? Yeah. Because I like to be very self aware. Like, I don't like to bullshit myself. It's just, yeah. it's just a waste of time like did I miss something they're like no like didn't see it my parents were like what the hell so everyone was shocked her parents like her father it was it was crazy wow but that kind of thing hits you yeah I would
0: go to therapy too like well
2: I was like oh do I go to therapy and then I'm like I don't need to go to I'm saying to myself I don't need to go to therapy because um I'm not the kind of person that isn't self-aware or doesn't want to talk about it. I always thought therapy was a place for people who, you know, needed a safe space or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had, uh, I had Leah Tozer on my podcast, maybe like a year ago, like nine, six months ago, actually. You know, Leah Tozer?
1: Uh, I believe, I think we heard that that podcast.
2: She's the owner of Anglin Volker in Long Beach. She's a broker, Mm -hmm. powerhouse woman, like just total animal very smart, I respect her a lot, and she's like, I talked to her for two hours before the podcast, and she's like, yo, you need to like, she knows my current girlfriend, because she was yeah. an agent for like 30 seconds. And she's like, you need to go to therapy. She's like, I'm like, ah, I never really believed it. She's like, <laughs> this, you have to go to this therapist, she's amazing. So I started going to her, and in a very short period of time, it was like a lot of the things that I was harping on, yeah. started to like be clear
0: mm-hmm.
2: and make sense. So going to therapy, I realized, People are very, very complicated. Mm -hmm. Like, where you come from, your genetics, what you experienced during your formative years, even today, like, impacts you on a way that you can't even truly understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody should go to therapy, like, regularly, like, or at least, like, once a quarter for, like, a checkup. Yeah. Because sometimes you just can't see the trees through the forest.
0: You don't even know that that there's something you need to talk about. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, I could definitely. (laughs) <laughs> I could definitely speak from that too, dealing you know, through an intense breakup and going through all that as well. Like sometimes, like I just had an anxiety attack. Like I remember right after we just having like a we were family. eating burritos and he had we to had like walk out. I was like I can't, I can't be here right now. Wow. I was like, I, I walked out, okay. I was just freaking out, and I thought I was gonna die. Like I felt like I was dying, and like it was just emotional, just emotional trauma. And from that point, I just started having to like, I I knew that time heals all wounds, right? So like mentally. I, I, would thought
2: like, I don't know if that's true though dude people say like that. that I feel like time with work with yeah work, 100%, right 100%,
1: yeah
0: work, but and, you you got to do the work like I, I'm a big advocate for therapy huge on mental health like and, and you but that's not the same.
2: It's it's yeah, it's not the same. I, I'm
0: trying to tell him, dude.
2: Bro, it's not. Let's talk to somebody. Let me tell you. And so I put out. Do you see that video I put out? That says everybody needs therapy. Yeah, yes.
1: That's the one that I think we
2: uh, that made us shoot out other podcast. Oh, cool. So I've had so many people in the real estate world hit me up. Like, yo, can I have your therapist number? Can I have your therapist number? Oh wow. Which is which is awesome. I mean, just like if you guys want, I'll share kind of like a, a light going on moment with the therapist. Yeah. So in regards to my ex, I always thought like. What did I miss? What did I miss? Like, and when I get... See, I have a a compulsive personality, which I learn more about in therapy, right? So because of that, I, like, fixate on something, and I, like, Mm -hmm. drill it over and drill it. So in in investing, it works really well. (laughs) But, like, when you're dealing with your ex who, like, leaves you at the altar, it's not. So... I'm like, what did I miss, what did I miss, what did I miss? And then finally she said to me, after to like listen to me for like a week. Because therapists, you got to go for a while. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't just go for like a day. It doesn't day.
0: happen in one session.
2: <laughs> they have to collect data on you in order to be able yeah. to like make assumptions or like kind of guide you down the path. And it's hard to get a good therapist too. Like I've like, oh my met therapists that are just like, yo, you are a I've
0: mess. been through many.
2: Right? It's, it's really hard.
0: hard. It's like finding a boyfriend. <laughs>
2: It's, yes, it's, or a girlfriend. <laughs> um, so I'm in, at the end of the session, she's like, listen, I'm like, what did I miss? Da, 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 and She's like, listen, I can interview every person that was there, your buddy who was the officiant of the wedding, your parents, it doesn't matter what anybody says. At the end of the day, your ex-wife has a pattern. It's a pattern based on the things that she's grown up and experienced in her life. And she, this is, she repeats this pattern. and her pattern was that she would date asshole guys that would cheat on her and she'd say to me like i can't believe i met met somebody like you i just figured i would date assholes forever so i said to her i was like yeah but that's not what happened i'm like she she cheated on me and she goes yeah "Yeah, because you weren't going to cheat on her so she had to do something to blow up the relationship yeah she has a pattern and she's like on top of that You didn't miss anything. She was never fully invested. She always had one foot out the door because she has a pattern and that's what it is. She has to deal with her own demons. Until she deals with her own demons, she's never going to be able to be okay for anybody. And at that moment, I realized I was like, oh, like this would never be okay. Mm -hmm. This would never work out. Like The things that would have to happen in order for us to be okay in some weird far land is... She would have to realize that she has all these issues at 40 some odd years old, then go get massive therapy, deal with that uncomfortable place, mm-hmm. right? Because in order to grow and be great at anything, you have to deal with constant discomfort. Yeah. And then when she said that to me, I was like, oh shit, you're right. And I just let it go.
1: Yeah. It had to make sense for you before you could let it
2: go. Exactly. And now like my current relationship has like flourished so much as a result of that. Because you can't move on until you've like yeah. made peace with the past.
1: Because um, and that's also interesting too. That like you you were going through this all this drama and yet you still were able to do sixty homes, right? Well, so like you, you kind of put your energy into it. Like me, it was opposite. Like I felt like when I was going through my my situation, I just retreated from everything. I didn't want to be around anybody. I just didn't want I didn't want to deal with people at one point because I felt so like in my brain or you know what I'm like yeah my, my mind was just working. Um, the opposite so I mean like for you did you feel like you you used that as like an escape like work as an escape type of situation or was was it just
2: like so I mean I would argue that I could that a large part of that massive short term growth was because of her Right, because she was gone, and I had so much energy and so much passion and so much pain, and I had to put it into something. So what did I do? In nine months, I became like a competitive salsa dancer. I fucking (laughs) bought forty. So that's
0: when that happened. Yes,
2: yes. Um, She left. So it was like August, September, October. (laughs) When she left, in the following five months that she left, that was the year I did forty. I I bought thirty houses in the five months. And the really interesting thing is this. So. I'm a talker, obviously.
0: (laughs) That's why (laughs) we invited you.
2: (laughs) I share, uh, I share everything. So I was in so much pain that I would just tell everybody about it because I had to get it out. But the, an interesting sidebar that happened during that time is because I was so vulnerable, people like could relate to me and it formed these bonds and these relationships with people Mm -hmm. that I think further propelled my career. Mm -hmm. So there's like one guy that I do a decent amount of deals with and I wasn't close with him and I told him the story like right after it happened and he's not a very emotional guy. And all he said was, don't worry, bro, we're going to get you some houses. And like, that was his way. And then he like sold me like, I got 10 houses from him in the next like five months. Wow. And then I bought 20 from like a whole bunch of other people. But it, it makes, when you, people are always afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like when you show that you're human, yeah, people identify with yeah. that. Like people understand full of shit. It doesn't resonate. Hundred
1: percent, percent. Because I feel like business, like we we deal with a person's ego every day, right? We we tend to work with people's egos a lot, right? But when you see somebody for the actual human that they are, it tends to break down that wall. And you kind of build that relationship easier because, like, oh, you see me for who I am, the hurt that I have. Yeah. I see you for the hurt you have. Like, yeah, like, so you you yeah. actually build those relationships a lot deeper.
2: Exactly uh, on that level otherwise because you see all these people like everyone's like oh I got to create content now right I got to create content so there's all these people that are putting out content that is just superficial scratch the surface bullshit and it's the same thing with people like people that are truly superficial and that their their whole motivation in life is objects and appearances and what my body looks like etc like those people are never going to be happy
1: Mm
0: -mm.
2: because like their value system is all they're never going to be
1: themselves
2: yeah like there's, there's nothing substantial in that they're chasing smoke and mirrors
1: yeah and I feel like Amanda helped me with that too I did that I yeah. had a moment with um, where I've always thought that it was going to be in front of me right mm-hmm. like when I get this I'll be happy when I get this I'll be happy when I get this I'll be happy and that brought success but Amanda was like always pushing like you have to enjoy the journey right you're never going to be happy and, because I, I wouldn't be happy. I'd be like, oh, I to do this until I get here. Oh, yeah. it's wanting more. I'm happy for like five seconds. And then I'm on to so the next thing to try to push myself forward. Rather than just being like, oh, wow, I came a long way in six years. Right? <laughs> looking back and or like enjoying the actual like process of it all. And I feel like Amanda has definitely helped me out with
2: that. Well, that's, I mean, I, I can relate to that because I'm, I'm the same way. But then I would kind of say, all right, let's say like, what is it that drives you? Like, what is it that sets you on like lights your fire and then sets you on this like mission where it's like I have to accomplish this I have to accomplish this I have to accomplish this like is it something in your childhood is it this is it that is it like there's obviously something that happened in your life that is making you need to succeed on a certain level
1: yeah yeah and I think it also has to do with my childhood as well because I live in, I'm like when I grew up I had a competitive family we're
2: in therapy right now where is
1: that right now? Where's the couch? Where's that? Where's that <laughs> oh, couch? We, we, need, we need we the blue couch. couch. We could have laid
2: you out right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, Let's be honest here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I grew up in a very competitive environment. Like, I had eight cousins. We were playing basketball all the time. Everything was very, very competitive. And um, being the one of the youngest, I would mm. always get picked on things of that nature. So that's what drove me. I was like, I have to be better than everybody else all the freaking time.
2: Was your dad a very strict person or your mother? My
1: dad. I didn't grow up with my dad so um, my mom was not very strict she was just very like she had to work she was a hustler she had to work in mm. to, to keep us of course alive, yeah it makes right? sense so for her she was just happy that i wasn't like getting she's a body.
0: big softy with you yeah, she's soft.
2: <laughs> you're <laughs> a mom you're a mama's boy uh, i mean yeah i would say I because i'm bro, a fierce bro. mama's boy i'm with you bro i would move back in with my mother today really uh, yeah she's know. like you're not moving back in you're not gonna be like <laughs> uncle ummy who was 42 living with your like. <laughs> And whoever, <laughs> it's not gonna happen.
1: I don't know about that. I don't think I will live
2: no more. No. Does she cook for you?
1: <laughs> she does Yeah, but she can, but she overfeeds me. I'm like, please, mom, stop. stop. Yeah, we gain weight when we visit. Yeah, she just throws food, food, food. Like that's what. That's her cook. love. Yeah.
2: What's um? What's her next? Because I know you're you're mixed. You're like a. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm Puerto Rican Pakistani. My mom she, is uh, Puerto
2: Rican. Oh yeah, dude. So yeah. she. Oh, does she look? She cooks like the good Puerto Rican food, like. Um, oh,
1: actually, my auntie does. His, Mom, his aunt does. does. Yeah, he does. Okay. Right. He's like to
2: cook
0: like empanadas
2: and cake, but, yeah. His, his
0: mom's a chef with breakfast.
1: Yeah, she's a chef with breakfast. Yeah. i um, yeah. not, not too much
2: but Edie, like, Annie Edie. is like... Yeah,
0: she's, she's got that good rice. Tia, Tia Edie. Yeah, yeah. and she
1: makes Italian food because she married an Italian man, so she's
2: like really Oh, yeah? Food. But
0: yeah. he's like real Italian, real Italian. Like, from there.
2: Oh, so she's <laughs> making pasta from scratch. Yeah, like, what well, she used to. Now she doesn't anymore.
0: She doesn't Alex makes pasta from scratch. I make pasta from
2: scratch. <laughs> uh, oh, he cooks for you? Yeah, he cooks That's for me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: nice. I got it good.
2: Is that how is that no well you guys had that on and off we, we had
1: that on and off thing
2: for, that romance. Yeah. I love that story, man. That's a great story. <laughs> a great story. That's like the back and forth, back and forth, back you know, and forth.
0: Anyone who listens to your podcast episode and they're not like close to us, that's the first time we've ever publicly talked yeah, about like, that we story. Never about you got the goods out of us. We yeah, never man. tell that story. I want the
2: dirt. I want the good stuff. <laughs> I wanna like, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean like but she was so patient. That's what I'm saying, like you never put that pad. Like she's she's been patient with me ever since like to think about it, like highs, and lows, highs, and lows, like how you're saying. Mm. And then finding someone at that low point where it's just like, oh, like you're having anxiety attacks after burritos. And she's there like yeah. patient accepting the but, fact that I'm not my whole self at that point you know yeah
0: i think it's also a matter of just like the fact that i have an understanding of that whole mental health thing like i'm very hypersensitive to people's emotions and mm-hmm. like being understanding and patient with that sort of thing cuz like we were best friends in in college and like you were there for me when i was like like the deepest depression of my entire life like it didn't get any lower than those right. years and you were my best friend then
2: You guys were never best friends you guys were always trying to have sex with each other okay <laughs> I understand. To the day we die, us. I'm gonna be that guy. It was I obviously mean, he's it's kind of right though. I didn't want to have 100%. sex with you back yes. then. <laughs> I mean, he did too. But there was just fillers or whatever. You guys were just throwing up or taking time. I,
0: everyone know. who's listening to this, they're like, oh my gosh, they're talking about sex. This is called 100 real.
2: <laughs> That's why we're talking about sex right now. <laughs>
1: talking about cats. Talking about sex a little bit of a little oh, only when El Julio <laughs>
2: Maravilloso is a lot, lot of therapy <laughs> a lot of therapy but yo having a partner that's supportive is like yeah. huge I think it's the
1: I think it's the, Bro, it's vital it. like I'm saying everyone needs a Michelle Obama yeah. right like I, think, <laughs> I think every every great man they have to have a great woman and every great woman has to have a great man like mm. they have to understand you there just be understanding you
2: just need a support system yeah like some kind of even the most powerful independent people still need a support system yeah. like for, for me it's like when I was growing up, my mother was wheeling me, drooling on myself saying, <laughs> you're a prince and you can do anything you want, be Aww. anything you want. True story. Then, I mean, to give credit to my ex, um, there was a point in time I was like, I had the Mako and I'm like, what am I gonna do? I'm not happy, am I gonna do real estate? and I ha- There was like a fork in the road. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 30 years old, 32 years old, whatever it is. I'm like, am I gonna do the Mako? Am I gonna do real estate? Am I gonna do something else? Because I knew that I'd have to put a lot of time into it. And if it didn't work, Then I'm 35 or 36 or whatever and it doesn't work. And she held my my head in her hands and she looked at me and she said, you know, you're going to do it. You're going to be great and it's going to happen. You're going to go do it. And I believed her and I went and did it. So for that, I will always be eternally grateful to her. And then in my current relationship, it's just a great, like, she understands me. She understands the kind of person I am. Her father owned restaurants. So he worked like a hundred hours a week. She gets it. So she gets it. She's not calling me where are you? She understands what's going on. She's like my support system. Whatever you need, and I'm old enough to if I wasn't 39 having gone through what I've gone through, I probably would not appreciate her for who she is, and I might have taken advantage, but at this stage, I appreciate her so much that I, you know, I give her anything she needs because she, yeah. I can't find somebody like her. So, and that's what you guys have, which is beautiful, and it's just it's a further blessing that you guys get to take over together.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you need to go through that. Like I think just as a entrepreneur growing go through um, what? Go through the pain. Right? Ah, like oh. that mm-hmm. that without my ex I would have never been where I was either. Right? Like yeah. they all play a part in our life and we play a part in their life. So there's a we we affected them in some way that probably led them on a certain path. And they and like you know what I'm saying I would have never been as happy as I was now if I never went through any. Yeah. Right? So it's like sometimes that's what you needed. At that moment, that's what
2: you needed. Pain is, uh, like, until recently, I didn't understand how vital pain is. Mm-hmm. Those moments of extreme pain, like, everybody who's out there, if you're in a moment right now of extreme pain where you just want to give up or whatever, like, I want you to breathe and, like, sit in that moment and feel it and embrace it because something in your life is amazing. It's about to happen yeah. if you can withstand the pain. So when I think back about all those heavy duty, painful experiences, something amazing came from that. Yeah. Yeah. So like now I'm to the point where it's not like, I'm not out there looking for pain, but I am, I'm searching for discomfort. Yeah. Like when I'm in a moment where I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, this is a little bit uncomfortable. This Give is great. Me the hard stuff. I have to do this now <laughs> yeah. because I know that something great is going to come from this.
1: Yeah. For mm-hmm. me, it's like whenever things get super easy and it's just like super repetitive, I'm like, something's wrong here. Like, it, this is not going to last forever. Yeah. Can't make, like, it's not, that means I'm either getting too comfortable. Yeah. And i got to start stepping it up until I'm a little more uncomfortable. Because if things just start running the same way over and over, it's going to be the same forever. Well,
2: mm-hmm. people like us are, are like, we need action. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're not growing, you're dying. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. You're striving to grow to, for something else. Like, people say to me, like, Charles, when is enough and enough? And I was always like, oh, I want to get my private equity fund, that will be enough and enough. And then I'm like,
0: like, it won't be <laughs> no,
2: nothing's ever enough really yeah like again you're always searching growing stretching reaching for something mm-hmm. if you're not like what's the point of being alive yeah, yeah. 100%. it's pretty and, simple
1: and also this brings you full circle is where you start enjoying the process right like you're not enjoying the process that's that's the point of it like you seeing mm-hmm. yourself growing like one step at a time like oh my god I remember I used to think like that, right like it's mindset shift everything is growing every time like, every day, you're, you're growing a little more. If you're not growing and you're not... You know, you might get that private equity fund, but uh, there's going to be something after that.
2: Did he say might? Huh? He said, he said m- might. He said might. Might. You want to correct that? No good. Huh? You fucked up. You said might. Might what? Might. You said I might get a private equity oh, fund. Oh, that will have a yeah, that, would, that, fund. that assumes there's a possibility. That implies <laughs> there's a possibility it might happen.
1: So when, when that happens... <laughs> Thank you. Right? When that happens... I need positivity <laughs>
2: around me at all times.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yes. When that happens, then you're going to... Need something else to fulfill. His
2: face. You know what it is with people and processes? This is what I think people out there need to understand. We live in a society of like instant fix, right? Take a pill, take a this. Get one of those weird ab rollers on TV for like 50 bucks and you'll have crazy abs, right? You have to understand that the process, there's a process to being great at anything. Yes. And you have to go through it. And it takes time, mm-hmm. and it takes work, and it takes failure and, and emotion and, and everything. But that's life, right? That's the sexy thing about life. But if you don't go through that and you don't realize, all right, all right this is the process. Like, And the process is the same for everything. Yeah. So once you guys build your brokerage or whatever it is that you want to build or become investors, you're like, all right, cool, what's the next thing? But the process is going to be the same for the next thing.
1: Yeah.
2: It's just the process. Fall
1: yeah. well, in love with the process in love with
2: them. Be attached to the process, not the outcome.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I think we, we went on for a while. Is there any other thing you want to talk
2: about? I think we covered it all. We Sex, relationships, therapy, breakups, yeah. real estate. I, can
1: we, I, I can think, we do a video of you like
2: dancing? Salsa? Yes. Yes. Well, well no, we, bring...
0: we've got to bring him back to do our Lady Gaga cover. Do we do.
1: We do. I was we didn't bring the, bring the guitars, the guitars today.
0: Car. I feel I
2: like, and I need a wig. Yeah, I have wigs. I have wigs, We need- <laughs> You have wigs? Have Good wigs. for you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she puts what? it on and it's like a different girlfriend. A different it's like boy. a different person. I'm
1: just getting hired by- Yes. Yeah, I'm pop
2: filter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it is? We need, we need a new, like, I don't want to do the Lady Gaga thing because that's, that's beat at this point. We need a trio. Okay. So it'll, it'll come to me or if you guys see something, like it'll come to me. It's got to be like a trio and we'll put it together. Yeah. Keep but preferably <laughs> I feel like I wanna be I wanna be dressed in drag. That's not I like have,
1: a Drag just wants to be a thing. I love drag women, drag. just for some reason,
2: I just feel like I have to be <laughs> dressed in drag.
1: What's the alter ego gonna be? Who is it gonna be? Because you already have to I mean, I don't
2: know. It it. It'll depending on the song it'll hit me, like I want to be Lady Gaga. I was like I'm gonna belt it out in a dress with a wig on.
1: Can we put auto tune on it too?
0: Up, dude. I you're, mean we're gonna have to You're
2: the creator Don't You no, you guys can like really sing, right?
0: I meant for you I'm the nasally <laughs> sounding
2: guy Alright, auto-tune So we're gonna do it and we're
1: gonna
2: No, this out. is the, we're the, gonna... the The name of the podcast is, is like the realness it's
0: 100% great. real Yeah, it's 100% real How can you auto-tune me?
2: auto-tune <laughs> well, But we're gonna record your booth over here Done
0: yeah.
1: We're gonna set it up The sweatbox in, in the sweatbox In the sweatbox sweat we'll, we'll set everything up We'll We'll belt it out And that's it Done. He'll be
0: a sweaty drag queen.
2: I'm ready. By the end of this year, we will do the trio. Yes. Done. I'm ready. Me and drag. You with the guitar. Sure.
0: I gotta work on my go- on my vocals. No, I just sing and make things look good.
2: Yeah. Done. <laughs> the it's a perfect trifecta here. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> Good.
1: So that's it. So, so
0: before we go, though, I, I want to ask you to just leave us with this one thing. If yeah. there is anyone listening out there who is thinking about getting into real estate investing, what is the biggest piece of advice that you would give them?
2: Education, 100%. This is what I tell everybody. Like, so I have people that come up to me and they're like, Charles, like, I'll speak or whatever. And they're like, Charles, I want to be you. I want to buy 100 houses. I'm like, they're like, how you do it? I'm like, I'm going to tell you. They're like, yes. I'm like, call this guy. His name is Carl Chavone. He was my coach, and trained with him. And you're gonna to have to train for at least a year, hard, before you're in a place where you're ready to even invest dollar one. And you see them go from like super happy to like yeah. nah, 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 nah. never mind.
1: <laughs> we were here to eat lunch and then the tacos came out, and I was super excited about it. And I asked him like, "Oh, so what are you saying? He said the same exact thing. Literally, what he just said to everybody is exactly what he said to me. And I was like. And then like, like, that dick. Was, that <laughs> he he, yeah. he
0: left me to go to lunch with you super excited and he came back like
2: <laughs> no, but here's the thing it's like but that's the process like that's what I went through and I just let's just think about this logically for a second people you're not willing to spend a year and $5,000 to become great at something right that you can do it forever like God forbid if I lost everything tomorrow I have the skill set that I can make it back instantly yeah. right Yeah. But you'll go out and spend two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand $600,000 of your money or other people's money to flip a house or do something that you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Just think about that for a second. Yeah. How insane is that? It doesn't make sense. Again, instant gratification society.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it took, like I said, my first year, negative 8,000, Did horrible, was, you know what I'm saying? I had to go through ups and downs. Yeah. I'm a very much like dive in type of person. So, but I appreciate what you told me during lunch, right? Like, I kind of, I feel like I needed that. I needed to be like, all right, yeah. maybe I don't know at all. Was he really
2: depressed when he came back? I
1: mean, like, no, just I'm, a smidge. No, I was actually really happy because Bitcoin was, was bumping. Bitcoin is bumping. Yeah, it was bumping. I bought some I was,
2: of that when it tanked at, like, six, and now I'm like, yeah, 6,000. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So, yeah. It was that third, <laughs> we were talking, and
1: we were yes. so I was actually driving home, like, whistling, and then... Yeah. Um, but then when right, he talked well, about that part, he was, but then sad. I was like, I was thinking, I was talking to Matt, I was like, fuck, I really want to get to invest in this well there I, I tell
0: we talk about this all the time I tell him, I'm like the things that we want in life are not simple easy things so no. like it's, it's it's hard and we just have to accept that it's going to be hard work there it's going to be a long road it's going to be a lot of sacrifice
2: and the things that people that like I think everybody needs to like I said to you I'm like everybody needs to get to the root of it which is this what makes you happy what kind of life do you want to live how much money is enough money how, what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to have 10 kids? How much time do you want to spend with them? Do you want to be a billionaire? Do you want to make $100,000 a year? What is your life? And then just reverse engineer it from there.
1: Mm.
2: Like being an investor has this like sexy appeal, but it's not, it's not always necessary. It's like I do what I do because I can't live without it. It's like it's that simple. So you have to figure out what it is that you can't live without, and then just do it. Because if it's money, you can make it. You can make more money than anybody I know selling this book and related products, <laughs> which is why him? him. Do you know
0: how yeah, many the, people like, are telling like, us that?
1: He's like, to be honest with you, Design for worlds is your, probably your investment Having that you should- Did he tell it you that? Did he tell you I said no. that? I no. I, I have a problem. I don't really tell her every conversation that I have. But I, I think it's, I think it's good.
2: It's not really enough time of the day, I would imagine. I know, yeah.
1: So like, sometimes I forget, and then I, I think I tell her. He swears all the He's like, <laughs> oh, I, I told you, like, so I told you. and I'm like, talk. no, you that's didn't. That, no, you had the conversation
2: with, with yourself. Yeah,
0: he swears I'm there. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Should we, should we recap this conversation for
0: her? Yeah, I mean, I'm here. So, oh, oh, I thought, I thought you meant this one that like we're having. No, right now. no, no, the one that we
2: had. <laughs> so I'm like, you f- find out like what you love, what your niche is, what, you, what makes you excited to get up in the morning. Yeah. Like, so you're like, he's like, oh, we just stumbled on this thing. And I'm like, I just stumbled on Captain Permit. Like if you, you stumbled on this, but this could be worldwide. Like you're on the internet. It enables yeah. you to make so much money so fast. Like He's like, I want to buy investment properties. I'm like, that's great. You need the money to get to the investment properties. How you make it doesn't matter. Yeah. It could be building a brokerage with 500 agents. It could be selling millions of copies of this book, hat, T-shirt. That T-shirt's dope. I need one of those, right?
0: We're working on it. <laughs>
2: it could be anything. But like, do you love it? Like You guys are like super creative people. I just said to him, I was like, you want to be in real estate, but this tech aspect of real estate, which is getting really big now could be your business yeah. could be the seed capital in order to help you retire by investing in and in buying whole properties
0: yeah, yeah. no we we yeah. we, sp- we spent all last night making a, a spreadsheet it, it
2: started, started here folks
0: <laughs> shameless plug designforrealtors.com. 10
2: years from now i'm going to play this podcast back when you guys have some when you're um when you have an ipo Design for Realtors <laughs> is going public that with like a two billion dollar evaluation. That would be awesome. Like, you know who in the handsome home buyer told us to just, just yeah. run with it? And we
1: talked about sex and cats and all that stuff. Yep.
2: Why'd you say sex and cats, sex and yeah, cats. right not. with each other, like back to uh, back?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Alrighty then.
1: Sex <laughs> and cats. Anyway. So, <laughs> one last just remember the. the one hundred real, not percent. One
0: hundred real.
1: 100 real. <laughs> this is why you did the intro.
0: Oh! <laughs> I'm just gonna slide that back to you because it's wet. Take that. <laughs>
2: and that's how we and that's how we went out, people. <laughs>
1: that's how we went out.
0: Exciting things happen when. Uh, yeah. So 100 real. When the handsome home buyer is around. know. So no. where where can where can everyone find you?
2: Oh <laughs>
1: Yes.
2: So I'm putting out a ton of information if you wanna invest in real estate of the YouTube channel, Handsome Home Buyer or Charles Weinraub, W E I N R A U B. You follow me on Instagram, handsome underscore homebuyer or on Facebook, Handsome Home Buyer. And don't forget the captain. If you need permits, you need plans on Long Island, not so much in the boroughs, but if you need them on Long Island, Captain underscore permit, we got you back.
0: Oh, oh, can you, I know it's, this is uh, not your podcast that you're on, but can you do like the smelly cat pee thing?
2: Oh, if you have a house that smells like cat pee, is dated from the 1960s, has six inches of mold on the wall, human waste running past the basement steps. This is all true, by the way, all things that have happened to me. Anything real estate related, I want to buy it. 516-777. Sold!
0: I love that part. I'm it. Like,
2: <laughs> I had ra- I had radio ads that said that back in the day. Really? Like three? Yeah, on like uh, WBAB. Yeah. You have yes. to sounds like cat pee. I want to buy it. They're like, you're <laughs> the cat pee guy. I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I get to be the cat pee guy. See,
1: this is, we need his energy in the introduction. I'm like yeah. I'm, I can't even say our own
0: code. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he we, makes cat pee sound so exciting. Yeah, no, I
1: so I guess that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, <laughs> episode four is a wrap.
0: Yes, yes. And as usual, this podcast is brought to you by designforrealtors.com, where you can find real estate, marketing materials, and apparel, uh, instant downloads, as well as our best-selling Agent Planner Pro. Yes. And
1: remember, code. 100, 100 real. 100 real. Not percent. 100 real. <laughs> Go buy it. All right.
0: That's it. you supposed to say cue music.